In today's episode, I'm going to talk about the dynamics of domestic violence during the pandemic of 2020. Peace and blessings, family. This is Elegant Granny, your creator and host of the Proactive Eye Podcast. Before we get started, family, I want to apologize for being MIA last week. Life happened as it does with everyone. I really had to prioritize some things to prevent overstretching myself while dealing with family emergencies. I'm in the last week of my second term in school and will start the third term next week. That's if I do not decide to take a break by then. Even with continuing with school the next term, I'm only taking one class this time, which will help a lot. My family is doing much better, and I thank you all for sending your prayers and your healing vibes. Much appreciated. Last week's episode, I shared the plans for the podcast in 2021 as I continued celebrating my first year as a podcasting activist against abuse. If you want to catch up on those celebrating episodes, you can click the links on the blog at bit.ly forward slash PE podcast blog. This week, I am sharing with you some of the dynamics of domestic violence in 2020 as we are globally experiencing the pandemic. One in four women and one in 10 men experience intimate partner violence, also known as domestic violence. And this type of violence can take various forms. It can be physical, emotional, sexual, or psychological. People of all races, cultures, genders, sexual orientations, and socioeconomic classes and religious religion, excuse me, experience intimate partner violence. As the COVID-19 cases increased in the U.S., stay-at-home orders were put in place, I believe started March of this year. Many people were furloughed from their place of employment, laid off, or told to work from home, and children were no longer allowed in schools in an effort to keep everyone protected and to prevent the widespread of the virus. So now when this happened, a lot of victims of abuse became trapped at home with their abusers. That was a lot for them to deal with. Not only that, the victim's children are also now exposed to consistent abuse. Before the stay-at-home orders, the victims and children were able to get out of the home and be at work or school for a number of hours. Some of the abusers were also at work away from their targets for a while. I cannot imagine what it would be like, and I'm glad I do not, if I had to be in the home with an abuser consistently not being able to get a moment's peace due to the stay-at-home orders. At the early onset of the stay-at-home orders, many advocates, including myself, experienced a deep concern about a potential increase of domestic violence. According to doctors Megan Evans, Margot Lindor, and Maureen Farrell in the New England Journal of Medicine, domestic violence hotlines prepared for an increase in demand for services as states enforce these mandates. But many organizations experienced the opposite. In some region, excuse me, in some regions, the number of calls dropped by more than 
Experts in the field knew that rates of intimate partner violence had not decreased, but rather that victims were unable to safely connect with services. A lot of people are not feeling as safe in their homes with the abusers always there, so they are not going to call these places. And when they do, they try to do it while the abuser is looking away or in another room or asleep. But at some point, they freak out. And that's understandable. Now, I would also like to add that a lot of people do not seek help due to fear. There is a lot of fear associated with reaching out for help and to also leave safely. And you know I speak about leaving safely a lot. Being home with their abusers consistently took even more power away from the victims because now a lot of them are more restricted from their electronic devices or landlines, if they still have them, to reach out to anyone for help. Today's episode does not come with solutions, but rather a call for compassion and alertness to check on those you know or feel are in an abusive situation. Having empathy for those who talk about their experiences or even those you do not know you meet in public places dealing with a toxic relationship could really use some kindness. A lot of people do not realize how much that really means to a victim as they are contemplating the safest way of getting out of a bad situation. You are a great asset in this world, and it is especially important after a life of any form of abuse to see a physician and a mental health specialist to help you excel as you recover. Let a granny know in the voice message feature or by email at proactiveeye at gmail.com some things you do to help you recover. I would love to hear your story and get your perspective on why those things are valuable to you. Hey, it's Elegant Granny and I need your help. I am asking you to help me with my fundraiser through the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. You can help me raise funds by clicking the AFSP Donor Drive link in the show notes the blog, or my link tree. Thank you in advance. Your support is greatly appreciated. It has been a pleasure sharing with you today. All links to connect with me and free resources are in the show notes. Feel free to download episodes and take advantage of the free resources provided. You can visit the Proactive Eye blog at bit.ly forward slash PE podcast blog. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash PE podcast blog. You can also connect with Proactive Eye on Instagram and Twitter. The handle is at Proactive Eye and also on Facebook. The handle is at Proactive Eye podcast. This has been your host, Elegant Granny. Thank you for your support and visit again. And remember. Healing is a continuous process, not a one-shot deal. Much love, peace, light, and healing vibes, family. Stay tuned next week as we start a new series in the month of November for National Child Mental Health Awareness.